Blog Talk Radio. During the pandemic, my lifestyle drastically changed. My income came to a screeching halt. You have to understand, I'm a hustler. I'm a legit entrepreneur. I sell things. I come in contact with people all the time. I have to stay safe. I didn't have a choice but to trust the vaccine. And if you live the type of lifestyle that I live, you out here in these streets and you hustling, an entrepreneur like me, why not do it safely? So I want everybody to take this seriously. Take a shot at staying healthy. Get the vaccine. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. We talk a lot about the kingdom here, and we talk a lot about what most churches are afraid to talk about or don't even know to talk about, which is what the first century church was really doing. But just talking about it is not enough. We encourage everybody to join us uh, in their local neighborhoods, in their local communities, to find out more about what they can do to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness gather with others who are already starting this road or starting to turn around and do things differently. Join us on thelivingnetwork.org or at hisholychurch.org. Go to the network links or go to preparingyou.com. Join the network there. It's all the same. And we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. They will not be perfect. They don't walk on water. They are not necessarily saints. But they are talking about seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And join us on Facebook. Facebook.com, His Holy Church, all one word. Join us there. We'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. But it's just not enough to sit and listen or to talk about or to say. You must become a doer of the word. Please check out the Barefoot is Legal radio show right here on Saturdays, 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 10.30 a.m. to noon Pacific Time, as we show you all about your barefoot rights and living a barefoot lifestyle. And for more information about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal, please check out barefootislegal.org. Hello, I'm Mike. My birthing partner and I just got our new Lysmica Freedom Microchips. These microchips are awesome. They help me keep the freedom I used to before enrolled into Southern Hampshire Institute in Technology. I am Jamar. I am friends with Mike and his birthing partner. We met at SHIT. I am a liberal media major. I also just got a Lysmica Freedom Microchip. SNSHIT recently mandates everyone on campus get their Freedom Microchip. I jumped on the Lysmica joint. This freedom chip grants me the freedom to go everywhere I was allowed to before COVID. Now this chip tells me when I am and am not allowed to go outside. It also tracks my boosters. If I'm not up to date on a chip, it tells me when I need to get it by. This chip is sweet. Without this freedom chip, no one is allowed on our campus. I scan my hand whenever I want to pay for something. 
It also calls for an ambulance when I get another heart attack from a booster, which is totally not a heart attack from getting a gene therapy. These freedom chips are free. You can go to any drugstore or China Mart and employ with inserted in your wrist. Remember, it is not the mark of the beast. You just need to let Lysnik track and trace your every move. You just need a freedom chip to buy, sell, work, and live. When you get a microchip, look for the Lysnik Freedom Microchips. They are sweet. Okay, class, class, we want to talk about what we learned during the lockdown. The first question is, what did we learn during the quarantine, kids? Susie, that government overreach is real. What about you, Johnny? We went from home of the brave to home of the government slave. And you, Michael? We need to refresh the tree of liberty. What about you, Diane? So many sheep are willing to give up their rights because of a little fear. Very good, class. Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm. It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. standards for an apple. This isn't that ugly at all. Like that's the most common first box like complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. Have food delivered to your house. Box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. And they taste exactly the same if not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door like. But what you why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live, and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce. Now, let's get back to the Proof Negative show here on freedomizerradio.com. Welcome to the Proof Negative Radio Show, right here on FreedomizerRadio.com. Now sit back and enjoy the show.
Radio. Of course, I'm your host, Proof Negative, the big kahuna here on Freedomizer 
I want to thank everybody so much for finding us today. Today is Tuesday, so we will have Adrian joining us here in just a second. And if you out there in Radio Land want to be a part of the show, the number here is 319-527-6208. And just press lucky number one on your phone, and I will make it a point to bring you into tonight's conversation. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, bring in Adrian. Hey, Proof. It's good to be back. I hope you've had a good week. No, thank you for calling in. We always like having you here. Yeah, absolutely. So what have you been working on lately? Um, just work, regular work, and then, um, of research. I've been looking for somebody to buy fulvic acid from, um, fulvic, if, I'm sure you're familiar, but in case our listeners aren't familiar, fulvic, F-U-L-V-I-C, um, you know, I've been looking for a new, person or company to buy fulvic from because there was a company that um, I was buying it from that got shut down by the FDA and Health Canada. And it was a really good product. It was pulling parasites out of people and heavy metals. Um, It even pulled some parasites out of some people's feet. Um, Someone that I actually know um, and it was one of the only things that I knew of that could pull out, like draw out inflammation, putting it in, uh, you know, a tub of water, like whether you put your feet in the tub of water, put the fulvic in there yeah. or put it in a bath. But I found, uh, I think two new people that sell it, but that company was named black oxygen organics and it was, uh, shut down. Uh, there were, um, rumors that they had levels in their product but I don't really buy it because it was helping a lot of people but that is something that I've been doing looking for uh, people that distribute fulvic in the powder form uh, not the capsule or the you know like more tincture like in a dropper form okay so I'm a little familiar Oh, you've heard of it before? Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't I don't take fulvic acid currently though. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um the company that was shut down, they um their fulvic was derived from peat bog. I just bought some vitamins today off of Vitacost. I don't know if there's anything on there that you would you would use. What kind of vitamins would you buy? Uh, let's see. I got more collagen and hyaluronic acid, and I also got uh, vitamin K2 because I'm I'm out. Second one that you said, the collagen. Um, is it a liquid or a powder form? Uh, it's a capsule form, capsule but it's form. not just one uh, because they'll have type 
uh, in Roman numerals anywhere from one to five, and this one has all five, plus the plus the hyaluronic acid that I'm looking for. So I have, uh, from my injury or illness that I had earlier this year, I have some, some soft spots that, that need hyaluronic acid to heal properly. I'll have to write, I'm going to write that down. You said hyaluronic acid. Yes. Yeah, I had some issues earlier this year before you really knew me. And I was in the hospital for eight days, and I, I missed my oh, wow. show for two weeks. Did they find the cause of it? Uh, well, I, I know what happened. Um, I, I have an issue when it comes to eating foods that are high in fat. And I combine that with my blood sugar being out of control. So... Um, I ended up having these huge holes on, uh, on both of my feet, um, because, uh, I, I ate a, uh, I ate some chicken, uh, that didn't agree with me and, uh, and, uh, I just lost it. And so I ended up in the hospital and it took me a few months to recover, but it's, it's healed about 99%. But if I walk too much, then it starts to open. So I need to, um, I need to get the hyaluronic acid and the collagen to, to fully put this behind me. I'm not in danger right now. But if I want this to heal, uh, because I'm going to need surgery at some point, and I can't get my surgery until this is not at 99%, but at 100%. What do you have to get surgery on again? Remind me. So uh, when I was in the hospital, I, I had these holes that developed on, on uh, one on each of my feet. And so the skin on the bottom of your feet takes forever to heal. So my blood sugar is fine right now. I'm not saying it's great, but I'm, I'm, I'm at 6.1, which for A1C is it's, right in the middle of pre-diabetic it's not uh five seven is where you need to be and six five is when you're at diabetes so i'm i'm right in the middle so you're not diabetic but you're on the verge of becoming diabetic am i saying that right uh, well when i was tested my blood sugar was at 13.8 which is uh almost lethal wow so has that always been a thing no no but i have a one of my favorite foods to eat while i'm on the air because a lot of times I don't get to eat dinner because for years I've worked late uh, and I, I come home and I just barely have enough time to maybe get 30 to 60 minutes of show prep and then I'm, I'm on the radio. I might or may not eat dinner. So I would have a habit of eating, I wouldn't say junk, but things like, uh, like if I sat here on air and I ate, uh, I like dates as in the fruit. 
and I can eat eight to 10 at a time. And each of them has 15, depending on the size, 15 to 20 grams of sugar. So if I eat 10 of those and I, I, I drink a 20 ounce, uh, a 20 ounce glass of cranberry juice, I put over 300 grams of sugar in my body right before going to bed. So that that's not a winning formula, even though I may or may not have eaten anything the whole day and I've eaten 10 or 11 dates and drank cranberry juice. My, my sugar is enough to last like three or four days. And I've eaten that in like an hour. So because I was not, I was not um, tested at diabetes at diabetic levels for two straight times. Technically I'm not diabetic. Because to be diabetic, you have to have more than one test. It was just my blood sugar was high. So I did another test a couple months ago. I'm due again on October 30th. And uh, we'll see where I'm at. But that, that's what happened. And the, the collagen and the hyaluronic acid help heal the spots that are, that are weak for me. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. I hadn't heard of that that one before. Um, do you eat rice and stuff? Uh, if it, if I do, it's wild rice. I, I won't eat. I, I had brown rice once a couple months ago, but I, I don't do wheat, pasta, or uh, basically bread unless it's sourdough or pumpernickel. I have some keto-friendly tortillas, but as a whole, I, I mainly do keto. Not sure, like, I mean, meal prepping, you could try the meal prepping. I don't know if you've tried. Uh, I'm like a decent cook, and now, now I, I have time to cook dinner because I work at home during the day, and uh, I uh, Pacific time I work 6.30 to 3.30, so I can go in the kitchen at 4 or 4.15 and be done cooking by 4.45, 5 o'clock, and in between I could show prep. Maybe uh, I was thinking about today that it would be a good idea to, I saw maybe about a month ago, it was like people freezing different herbs and ice cubes and different fruits and ice cubes and like making drinks like that. Um, Like just put, even just putting them in your water and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have some essential oils. Like I I will put peppermint and, lemon in my ascent in my uh in my water sometimes oh yeah i love essential oils um the sense of smell is very interesting um like the natural essential oils you know not the ones not the fragrances from walmart or mainstays but the real i haven't tried theirs yet i would like to try theirs i've tried the young living uh, they're just competitors. It's the same concept.
Yeah, I think that it's peppermint oil. I thought it was very interesting. Spiders actually do not like peppermint oil or even spearmint. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but I've actually tried it and it works. They do not like it. Yeah, spiders do not like the spearmint or peppermint essential oil. Yeah, they really don't like cinnamon either. Oh, I didn't know that. That's good to know. Yeah, I think yeah, it's very I, interesting. I've, sprink- I, I've, uh, I, I've sprinkled cinnamon around my garden before because a lot of bugs hate cinnamon because it's spicy. I think there's another one, right? There's another one. Uh, hmm. Maybe it's rosemary. I'm not sure. And again, if you want nothing near your stuff, you could sprinkle ghost pepper around it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's what I worked with before you met me. So, um, so I also take MSM, if you're familiar with organic sulfur crystals. I'm not. I'm actually going to write that down also. You said MSM. So if you check out Vitacost, I don't know if you ever used the Rakuten app. The, what's it called? Rakuten. I'll send it to you. Yes. And then what is the name? You said Vitacost. Is that the name of it? Yeah, that's the place I get my uh, my some of my vitamins from. I also do life extension, but I think you can get what you want from Vitacost. Although I have a – Rakuten also works with uh, life extension if you want to do that instead. Okay. So if you sign up for Rakuten, $30 back. And so what you do is uh, when I need my vitamins or I have to get dog food for Chewbacca, my dog, I will go on Rakuten and then just go that way and you'll get whatever percent. Like I got 3% of my, of my check back. I think I, I spent 120 bucks and I used some online coupons and then I got 3% back. So 3% is fine for doing nothing. It's not like they, I really had to do anything for it. So I'll take my little $5.16 and be happy. Oh, yeah. Little deals are still deals. Yeah, we use that for, like, gas money when uh, when we want to travel out of town. That, that's our gas. And if we have enough money for food money, that that's our vacation money, basically. Do you guys know where you're going to vacation? No, we go a lot of times to Utah. We go to St. George, Utah a lot. Sometimes we go to Phoenix because we have friends down there. That's just close by places. I would like to go to Florida next year, but we'll see. Um. Utah is one of those states that I have not been to. I got to be completely honest with you, Peru. 
the fact that they have those polygamy communities over there, it's really just kind of turned me off from the whole entire state. You know state. what's hilarious, though, is that if you go to St. George, which is about an hour and 45 minutes from my house, you'll think that you're in Little California because half the license plates you see are from our California plates. Those are all the conservatives that, because the people that vote Democrat, they are terrified of Utah. They think Utah is the most racist place ever. So conservatives that don't want to live in Las Vegas, but they still want a short drive to, to back homes because maybe they're, Maybe their grandparents live in Anaheim, so they could just take the I-15, and it's uh, it's two hours more from Las Vegas, so they will move to St. George. It was the fastest-growing city of the 2010s, actually. It's funny. That's why we go once or twice a year, and it's uh, you see all these new restaurants and subdivisions and stuff that just opened from the last time that we went? Um, I had a friend go to Utah and she said it was very pretty there. Yeah, southern Utah is great. I don't, I, I wouldn't really go to northern Utah because that's Mitt Romney country. But St. George, a uh, few people say that's one of the most conservative cities in the United States. So I, I like that. You know, I don't know if you heard about the potential talk of another shutdown, but I wanted to ask you about that. You did hear about that, and it's over pressure in the House on the budget in the bill. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I, I like the fact that some of the Republicans are standing up and saying, no, we're not funding this. And uh, what the Democrats want is even if there is a shutdown, they want to still pay for all the, the Ukraine stuff and all the, all the Ukraine uh, management that they're funding. So we're going to pay tens of thousands of people that are Ukrainian, that live in the Ukraine. Uh, we're, we're going to continue funding them because they're helping in the war efforts somehow. So everything else closes, but they're still going to try to fund the Ukraine war. I don't yes, know how that makes sense. It was in- we, we can't pay for yes. our own stuff, but let's pay for the Ukraine. Exactly. And, I mean, the numbers in that were insane to me. It was like $4.5 billion in support for Ukraine defense, just defense, four point five billion, and then one point six ish million in other quote other aid. What is the other aid? And then six billion dollars in disaster relief over there. Oh, and, and and that's not including almost every day when Brandon throws them a billion or two. I mean, what is this one point six million in other aid? quote other aid uh, good question it's the same thing as why why did they get 1.2 billion two days ago I, I don't have an answer but if you want one single reason why the the debt is spiraling out of control we're we're borrowing money from china 
to give to people in the Ukraine, and then we have to pay that back with interest, and then we we uh, don't get any money back from the Ukraine. That, that, that's how that works. I mean, that's just a crazy amount of money. And in disaster relief, I mean, I just think that all of this, a lot of it could have been avoided. Yeah. But everybody is saying, though, everybody except the U.S. fake news, they are talking about how Russia already basically won the war. The only thing that's propping up the war is the United States military, and we're still getting beat badly. Have they sent more troops on the ground? I know they were sending uh, – I know that they were sending 5,000 troops um, to the border over there. They were uh, – like just a couple weeks ago, they sent 5,000 soldiers. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't really heard anything, to be honest. Yeah, I was reading some about unemployment as well, that uh, unemployment is the lowest in uh, North Dakota and South Dakota, but it's at about 3.8% right now. Well, that used to be close to 0% because the a lot of the jobs in the Dakotas previously were the oil jobs. And it, it was crazy that you would you would have people 19 years old starting out as just very entry level in the oil industry and they're getting like 95 110,000 just to just to move there and and work on the oil rig so that that's how lucrative those jobs were granted you're in uh, in North Dakota but those jobs, you you, you could, uh, as, as somebody just starting out, you could make really, really good money. Yeah, I saw that North Dakota and South Dakota are the lowest and that the unemployment rate total in the United States is at, a, you know, about 3.8%. Yeah. Yeah, trust me, I, I even I was looking at that thinking, wow, that wouldn't be bad. But I, I couldn't do it. But that was during the Trump years. Now I'm just too old. No, you got to use positive self-talk. Oh, I'm not. I'm not complaining about it. It's just at 51 years old, I'm too old to get started on entry-level manual labor. That's all. Nothing against the job. It's just 
if the job became available, I, I'm just physically not able to to do that work like I would have been a few years back. But believe it or not, even jobs working at McGMO up there were 25, 26 an hour to start back then. They needed people to come up there and work because all the all these people all over the United States were coming to work on the oil rigs and making that money. Yeah, if I was 20 years old, I would I would have considered at that time just working four or five years, building up $500,000 and more with overtime, and then just going wherever you want to live thereafter and just buy a paid-off house and then do whatever you want to do with your life. You're quiet tonight. I was just thinking. You know, I did see something else yesterday that was published yesterday. It was on Current Affairs. And it was just talking about why single-parent families are not the problem. And... It was just like I was just I've just been thinking about that. Why single parent families are not the problem. And then what do you mean? the whole time the article just kind of attacked uh Thomas Sawell and uh well Thomas Sowell, they, yeah. Yes. Um I always mess that up, but yes. And it was just it's uh it's known as more of a a socialistive leftist you know um blog but it was just arguing that single parent homes are not the problem And I just don't understand. I don't understand how they could come to that conclusion. Well, uh, I personally, I, I wasn't expecting to go into that discussion, but um, my thought, though, is, is that the two-parent household works because uh, a lot of times the kids that they might go to babysitters, they only get one side of a story. Um, I, I just think that if kids are idle and uh, they don't have a parental figure around that uh, they end up finding a gang because the, the, the gang uh, you have a bunch of people that feel the same way and they become like a, a brotherhood if you will and that's why gangs are so attractive is because you, you don't have active parenting most of the time
I'm not saying it's 100%. I'm just saying that that's the law of averages. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that that was being talked about and that it was seriously something that these people felt so passionate about that they had to publish about it. Well, if you're if you don't have much going on right now, I could I could play some clips and get your thoughts on that. Yeah. At some point we have uh we have the new Mr. Broccoli that we have to play. I don't know if you watched last week with Merrick Garland just getting beat up badly in Congress, but Ted Cruz had a chance to to play with him today. I want to go ahead and play that. Oh, I told just okay. to alert the members and Senator Cruz is next. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Chairman. General, welcome. As you know, as I observed at your confirmation hearing, you had built a long record on the Federal Court of Appeals and a reputation of being relatively nonpartisan. And so I had hopes that your tenure as Attorney General would continue that record. I have to say I'm deeply disappointed in what the last two years have shown. In my judgment, the Department of Justice has been politicized to the greatest extent I've ever seen in this country. And it has done a discredit to the Department of Justice, to the FBI, and to the administration of law in this country. Let me start with a simple question. General Garland, is it a federal crime to protest outside of a judge's home with the intent of influencing that judge as to a pending case? Uh, the answer to that is yes, but I also want to at least respond to your characterization of the department, which sure. I vigorously disagree with. I believe the men and women of the department pursue their work every single day in a nonpartisan and appropriate General way. General Garland, there are thousands of men and women who do that. And I'll tell you, I hear from prosecutors at the Department of Justice. I hear from agents at the FBI who are angry that it is treated as the enforcement arm for the DNC instead of upholding the law in a fair and even-handed manner. So you are right. There are thousands of men and women that are, that are doing the job, but it is the political leadership that you're responsible for. So you just said, yes, it's a crime to protest at the home of a judge. Same goes for jurors, by the way, with the intent of influencing a case. But in the wake of the leak of the Dobbs decision, when rioters descended at the homes of six Supreme Court justices, night after night after night, you did nothing. The department did nothing. When extremist groups like Ruth Senos and Jane's Revenge, openly organized campaigns of harassment at the homes of justices, you sat on your hands. When these same groups posted online information about where the justices worship, or their home addresses, or where their kids went to school, you again sat on your hands and did nothing. Your failure to act to protect the safety of the justices and their families was an obvious product of political bias. You agree with Roe versus Wade. You disagree with the Dobbs decision. 
and the Department of Justice under this president was perfectly happy to refuse to enforce the law and allow threats of violence. And as you know, those threats finally materialized with Nicholas Roski, a 26-year-old man from California who traveled across the country, was arrested outside the home of Justice Kavanaugh, armed with a handgun, a knife, and burglary tools. And he said he came there to kill Justice Kavanaugh because he was enraged by the leaked opinion. Now, of course, you're prosecuting that individual for attempted murder. But did you bring even a single case to enforce this law, or did the Department of Justice decide this law doesn't apply if it's harassing justices for an opinion we don't like? When the Dobbs uh, draft was leaked, I did something no attorney general in the history of the department had ever done before. For the first time in history, I ordered United States Marshals 24-7 to defend every uh, residence of every justice. Well, Garland, as a judge, you're familiar with asking counsel I'm to answer an- a question. I am an- Has the Department of Justice enforced this statute? Have you brought a single case against any of these protesters threatening the judgment, justices under 18 U.S.C. Section 1507? Have you brought even one? Senator, you asked me whether I sat on my hands, and quite the opposite. I sent okay, 70 me, United States Marshals. Let me try again. Defa- and let me- you, has the Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? It's a yes-no question. It's not a give a speech on the other things you did. The job of the United States Marshals is to defend the lives so of the justices. So the answer ju- is no. It's to defend the lives of the justices, and that's their number one priority. They have Why full- are you unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no. I know it's no. Everyone in this, in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute, yes or no? As far as I know, we haven't, and what we have done is defended the lives of the justices with so how do 70 you decide, U.S. Marshals. how do you decide which criminal statutes the, the DOJ enforces and which one it doesn't? The United States Marshals know that they have full okay, you, I recognize you want to give a separate speech. No, I don't want to How give do a... you decide which statutes you enforce and which ones you don't? The marshals on scene make that determination in light of the priority of defense. The marshals do not make a determination over whether to prosecute you. The attorney general make a determination, and you spent 20 years as a judge, and you're perfectly content with justices being afraid for their children's lives. And you did nothing to prosecute it. Let's shift that, to another is, area. Can I answer the question? You, no, the, you the cannot. General, you have refused to answer the question. I am question. answering your question. The how attorney you general choose, does not decide whether to how arrest. How did you choose not to, not to enforce this statute? The marshals on scene. Marshals don't make that decision. They do make the decision of whether to make to an prosecute arrest. prosecute someone? No, they don't. If they make, a, uh, if they make marshals an arrest. Marshals do not have prosecution. If they make an arrest, right, then it goes to the marshals. Let's change topics because our, our time is limited. We've also seen across the country violent attacks as pregnancy centers by similar left-wing terrorist groups, including one, one graffiti of a, of a firebomb building said, Jane was here. There have been attacks all over the country. And yet, the Department of Justice has not brought these violent criminals to justice. You contrast that. If you're a violent criminal and you attack a crisis pregnancy center, that is not a priority in the Biden Department of Justice. Contrast that to Mark Houck, who's a pro-life activist. He's a sidewalk counselor. And he had an altercation with someone who allegedly interfered with his son's personal space and threatened his son, and he pushed him. Now, in an ordinary world, 
pushing someone would be maybe a sim simple misdemeanor assault, but not under the Biden Department of Justice. If you're a pro-life activist, what can you expect? Well, in this instance, according to Mr. Houck's wife, two dozen agents clad in body armor and ballistic helmets and shields and a battering ram showed up at his house pointing rifles at his family. Why do you send two dozen agents in body armor to arrest a sidewalk counselor who happens to be pro-life, but you don't devote resources to, count pe to, to prosecute people who are violently firebombing crisis pregnancy? It is a priority of the department to prosecute and investigate and find the people who are doing those firebombings. They are doing it at night and in secret, so, and we have, found two, we have found one group, which we did prosecute. You we found are, one. How many have there been? How many attacks? There have been a lot, and if you have any information specifically as to who those people are, we would be glad, did, would did be glad to have that. Did you authorize 20 agents going to Mr. Houck's house? And he uh, offered to turn himself in through counsel, but you didn't want that. The Department of Justice wanted to make a show of it. Did you personally authorize it? And do you want to apologize to Mr. Mrs. Houck and her seven children for being terrorized? The decisions about how to do that are made at the level of the uh, FBI agents on scene. Did and you know the, about it? I did not know about it until uh, the way you're describing it. And my understanding is the FBI disagrees with that description. Was it a mistake? Senator's time has expired. I'm going to allow the witness to respond to any of the questions that were asked. Was it a mistake? I'm going to chair the committee, Senator. I'm sorry you're not. I'm you said you'd allow him to respond. I've repeated the question I asked, which is, was it a mistake to send you, 20 agents to arrest him at you had, the crack of dawn? You had your time and you, more You just than said you're going to allow him to respond. You just said, I'm going to allow him to respond to the question. So I repeated the question. Was it a mistake? You that was the, the pending question. You ask, I'll ask the questions I want. That's the question I had already asked. Well, you just said you'd let him respond. I'm going to let him respond right Good. now. Please don't interrupt him. Thank you. The decisions of. All right. So that was exciting. Yeah, he. Uh, that, that's what's called trying to protect your tuchus. That is wild. That means. Uh, agents? Oh, he don't care. He knows he's covered. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's just interesting these state agents will actually do these things, you know, the people that have shown in situations like this and then situations with people getting arrested for not wearing masks. That oh, I remember those days. These people just don't care, and they will just, quote, just do their job, and they don't care about people's rights at all. Oh, and you can have you. you I, I've I've seen situations uh, both on uh, the the not wearing a scam or or also for not wearing shoes. And you can have a legitimate doctor's note, and uh, you can have a letter from corporate, like for Walmart, for example. Walmart corporate approves you, 
and they tell you if there's any issues, call this manager. The manager will say, I don't care. You can leave my store and call the manager and tell them I, I said to call. And then they get yelled at, and it doesn't matter. It's just funny that they – you have some of these management that feel that leaving uh, – Having customers take their money out of the store and give them to a competitor is like uh, part of their job description. And they don't care because, well, I get $16 an hour whether there's customers or not. That's legitimately their thought process. I mean, I just, they are state aggressors, and I don't understand how other people, um, you know, maybe that aren't as in the libertarian conservative trenches like us mm-hmm. can't see that they are state agents like they are state aggressors not just state agents they are state aggressors and that they aggress for the state oh the funniest thing now if you if you say the word freedom that that's code word for being linked to a kkk rally oh wow if you believe in communism then that's freedom is that actual like it's legitimate like documented somewhere no that that's the the fake news that that that's the 20 somethings that's the generation z and the millennials that if you believe in freedom and you want the you want the ability to be left alone then then that's code word for you being linked to the to the nazis if you think it's cool to have cameras inside your house in every room so that the government can spy on you. That That's freedom. That you're a oh, patriot. yeah, like Alexa? Not just Alexa, but uh, kids age, nine, or what was it, 21 to 30 or 21 to 35 or something? A majority of them said that they would have no problem if cameras were installed in every room in their house to watch their every move. What poll was that on? I I remember it about a month ago. I, I don't have it saved anymore. I just remember quoting it back then. That that's how that's how the millennials have been brainwashed to think though. It's very strange. I guess they have like well, some kind of oh but, I don't know. How uh, but Adrian, look out. look at what happened over the weekend in Canada. Did you see where the Canadian Parliament welcomed a Nazi member and he got a standing ovation? No, I did not see that or hear about that. Oh, uh, yeah, somebody resigned today over that because they brought in this 98-year-old to commemorate him, and they they said that he he fought for the Nazis in World War II. So they uh, they gave him a standing ovation. Now, it backfired drastically because nobody's interested in that. But they they thought that they could get away with that. It was the like the Canadian Prime Minister, or who did that exactly? Not Justin Trudeau, but uh, every, well, he was there as well. 
Um, I, I know I grabbed a clip. I'm just looking for it. Yeah, let me... <laughs> Dan Bargino went into this today, so I'm going to play that real quick. It's like four minutes. So the weirdest thing happened. Right. You've probably seen the story already, but I'm going to I'm going to hang him. Hang, I'm going to take this from a different angle. Remember, to the left, everyone's a Nazi, but an actual Nazi. You've probably seen this, but the Canadian Parliament invites up there to speak in front of them. They invite an actual Nazi. There's, there's no disputing this, a part of an actual Nazi unit, and he gets two standing ovations, an actual Nazi. I want you to watch this for yourself. It's hard to believe. This actually happened. Check this out. Zelensky's speech received at least a dozen standing ovations. There was also one for this man, a 98-year-old Ukrainian-Canadian who fought for Ukrainian independence against the Russians during the Second World War. Now, it's hilarious that Politico refers to him as Nazi-linked. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an actual Nazi. He's Nazi-linked because he's a Nazi. That's why he's linked to the Nazis. You see, if it was a conservative who had a Klan hood on, they wouldn't call him KKK-linked. They would call him Ku Klux Klan member Joey Bag of Donuts. The guy was an actual Nazi. Now, you would think, right, that they would just come clean and say they screwed up and just leave it there, right? No, no, no. Liberals are thoroughly incapable of doing that. I want you to watch this human pile of garbage, Justin Trudeau. And by the way, this is why I tell you, like everybody saying how the United States is in terrible shape, and we are. I always tell you, we got to save this place because there's nowhere else to go. Where else are you going to go? Here's Justin Trudeau, the dreadful prime minister of Canada, a guy who makes Joe Biden look good. Here he is, and I want you to see in the end, again, how he does exactly what Hillary Clinton does, is never called out by the press, goes to the go-to line whenever they're in trouble. It had to be the Russians. Take a look. Obviously, it's extremely upsetting that this happened. Uh, the speaker, speaker has uh, acknowledged his mistake uh, and has apologized. Uh, but this is something that is deeply embarrassing to the Parliament of Canada and, by extension, to all Canadians. Uh, I think particularly of Jewish MPs and all members of the Jewish community across the country who are uh, celebrating Yom, or commemorating Yom Kippur today. Uh, I think it's going to be really important that all of us push back against Russian propaganda, Russian disinformation, and continue our steadfast and unequivocal support for Ukraine, uh, as uh, we did last week with announcing uh, further measures to stand with Ukraine in uh, Russia's illegal war against it. This guy's amazed. You believe this crap? Again, things as conservatives you know and you can see that liberals are insisting aren't happening. You can go and look right now how liberals will call anyone they disagree with a Nazi. Just put Dan Bongino, Mark Levin, Sean Hannity, Glenn Beck, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro happens to be Jewish. It doesn't matter. Just, just, just put in, not, we've been called not every single one of us Nazis. Yet when liberal goons go out and celebrate a Nazi, again, instead of just being like, I can't believe this, they've got to go and blame the same Russian disinformation Hillary used. Why? Why does what they say why is it allowed to persist? He says he loves this segment, me too. It's allowed to persist. This visual magic trick of you're Nazis, but the Nazi isn't a Nazi. Russian collusion was real and the border's closed. It's allowed to persist because media people don't stop these people. I'm going to ask the same question, Joe. If a media person right there would have said, wait, wait, 
Wait, wait, wait. Cut this. Sh- Are you kidding me, sir? You guys invited an actual Nazi right around Jewish holidays. You yeah. gave him a, 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 a and you're actually blaming the Russians for this. That was a clip from the Dan Bongino show. You can watch the full show. We recommend you do on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Bongino, please, and subscribe for free. We appreciate it. Right, so just in case you didn't know about that. No, I had no idea about that at all. Um, yeah, and Yom Kippur even, that's like one of the biggest Jewish holidays. So the Speaker of the Canadian House that introduced him and helped uh, round up applause and such, he resigned today. Wow. Or his uh, his part in the lack of judgment. Yeah, they. I uh, the most common things I hear I have heard from liberals, you know, um, calling you know people things. I haven't so much heard Nazis. I do know that that is a name that they throw around, you know, very recklessly. Um, but I've mostly noticed they you know white supremacist accusations uh mm-hmm. towards other people that have any sort of kind of conservative viewpoint and that a lot of these people really genuinely it's so strange they really do think that white supremacy is the the main threat to them in the united states it's amazing to witness All right, so let me uh, let me ask you this. Uh, I guess we can do it now. It's it's after the first hour. Um, we we could play Broccoli Man just to get it over with. Yeah, proof. Whenever you're ready, send it. I think you like Broccoli Man. Okay, I haven't heard you complain, but you could you could complain if you want. Yeah, no complaints. So when you have it up, I'll I'll go ahead and move on here. Okay, whenever you're ready. Okay. All right, so this one here is Mike and Malik. Those are part of the millennial family. Well, those are, are uh they both say they're transgendered and they're they're each other's birthing partners. So, I'm sorry. Can you report? Can you can you can you repeat it? What was that? They are each other's birthing partners. So, they both identify as trans. So I don't have a better way to say it. Because they get stipends for being trans. And so uh, you'll hear them discuss their their uh, protest that they're about to go to. So if you're ready, I'll go ahead and do it up. Yeah, whenever you're ready. All right. I'll count down. So three, two, one, action.
Hey Mike, we have to go to the draft Michael Robertson Obama for President Rally downtown today. Michael Robertson Obama is such a nice lady. <laughs> we need to vote for they because them can defeat Trump. Big Mike is black and famous. We have another protest we have to do today also. Two local drag queens got arrested for mail fraud. <laughs> they got caught with hiding their hot dogs. <laughs> I think they were set up by a dumb Republican. Yeah, I heard about that. We are all been a super global sacks to the ground at the police station until they let our friends go. Before we do that, we have to use the restroom and limit our water intake for a few hours. The last time we glued our sacks to the ground was at the McGMO drive-thru. I could not hold in my Wii anymore and went all over their drive-thru while cars banged over my head. <laughs> I can't believe none of the fools cared that we were protesting. Though something the cares should have decided to go eat salads because we were protesting. Some cities are already announcing that stores will no longer be allowed to sell meat products or sell gas for cars soon. I hope we can move to one of those cities by then. It will be so perfect and so liberal. <laughs> Did you see that California will ban grass on lawns starting in 2025? Yes, it's about time. The 99% does not need grass. It should just be for the 1% and for government office buildings. I can't wait until we graduate from Southern Hampshire Institute of Technology. I wish I could stay here forever. SHIT is a great school. <laughs> I want to get my Taranzas over to California. They give the best stipends for beezing Taranz and for beezing Black. It is a lot more than what we get here. I know. We have to get our gadunk dunks over there as soon as possible. We can smoke crack and sit naked in the park and just grab wherever we want. <laughs> that is freedom. You know, it has that Green Jones again. I want to punch him in him's bullsack. He is probably going to say some racist hush right now. Please explain how peeing and crapping out in public is considered freedom. You dumb Republicans think it is freedom to be confined to using restrooms. But if you have to go right now and there's no restroom, or you just smoked a ton of crick and do not feel like getting up, there is a simple solution to that. Crack is whack. How dare you? It is my right to use crack however I want whenever I want. SHIT just allowed us to witch out our crack pipes in class and smoke that ish right at our desk. Don't you care about failing your classes? Why should I care? I make millions of dollars a year by beezing trans and beezing black. Yeah, we make a lot more money than you. You might be getting extra money temporarily by sitting on your took kiss. Eventually that goes away. Huh? We make a ton of money promoting communism. Bruh. If you like communism so much, then why don't you take a raft and float your way to Cuba? They already have communism. How dare you? 
It is your job to conform to my standards. You're loving and liberal. Then go be loving and liberal in a land that already loves your communism. I need my safe space. You just offended my soul. You are just upset that my life partner is trying to get me pregnant. Quit being angry that Brandon legalized men to get pregnant. I'm going to get pregnant just so I can get an abortion 30 days after it is born. Bruh. Dumb Republicans are so racist that you will not trains of 5 to 10,000 undocumented Americans' friends come to America every single day. Instead of arresting people for killing people, we need to arrest people to question the elections. Huh? Yeah. If you do not think like us, then you need to be taken to a concentration camp. We need to get rid of the Nazis. We believe in freedom. Yeah. You don't even believe in ever wearing a scam on your face. By the way, Malik, do you have an extra scam for me to wear in your pocket? I forgot to bring an extra scam. Bruh. I will take the one with lipstick stains and pizza sauce on it that I borrowed last time. Wearing a used scam with bacteria already on it? Wow, that is disgusting. Yeah? Well, it's a lot better than if you get COVID from not breathing in your own carbon dioxide for hours. We do not care. I'd rather breathe in my own air for hours than get COVID. That's why I just got my 81st booster. Yeah, I had a heart attack right after I got my last booster. But I would rather have my myocarditis than getting COVID again. I only had COVID 48 times since I got my 81 boosters. I bet you never even had COVID. Yes. I never had a booster. And I never once had COVID. I take vitamin B, C, D and zinc every single day. <laughs> Plus I work out and exercise. How dare you tell us the dish. Every liberal knows that exercise is racist. Really? What race is it against? Every major athlete exercises every single day regardless of skin color. Even if I die from myocarditis after getting gene therapy, it would still be better than if I did not get the gene therapy. It's different for us. We are black. I identify as black. That's why I vote Democrat. Mike, you know everyone can see you, right? Your skin color does not change based on how you vote. Shut up that face right now and put a scam on your face, loser. Oh dear. Time for you to get your 82nd booster. Mike, do you want to go to China Mart and get our boosters before the protest or do it tomorrow before we go to class? I don't know which is better. I would rather go to China Mart tomorrow. But what if we get COVID today because we're not boosted? COVID can get us just like that. And if Get get a heart attack today before going to the protest, we will miss the protests. I don't know which decision makes us more liberal.
I don't trust no one that does not get heart attacks. Things are not liberal at all. Hey everyone. This is why you do not want to ever become liberal. We cannot let liberals run anything because their agenda is to run everything into the ground. They want mass depopulation and death and destruction throughout the world. What's so wrong about that? About time this broccoli dude tells the truth. Give me communism or give me death. You should read about Karl Marx. He was a great globalist. Anyway, we need to listen to the real news. Pay it forward by listening to the Proof Negative radio show. He is on weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. That is 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Go to freedomizerradio.com and click on Listen Live. Proof has on great guests, excellent co-hosts, and all the news we need to know about. Go to the schedule on the website and check out the other shows throughout the week also. Go to freedomizerradio.com. I do not watch or listen to anything that is not on fake news. We need to produce more disinformation to stop disinformation. We also need to wear scams forever to stop global warming. <laughs> Let's go Mike. Let's go to China Mart and get our 80 second boosters before the protest. So that's this week's episode. The take a raft to Cuba, that was a good line. Yeah, I don't understand why these 20-somethings, well, I understand because the schools put all the Marxists in there so that everybody can learn how great communism is. You've got people begging for it, but Look at, uh, at what well, Cuba was protesting communism a couple years ago, and the media spun it like they were protesting against capitalism because they love their communism. Now, that's definitely not the case. People are begging for the right to be poor. It's crazy. There are people that, that love communism because they think everybody will be equal. But I promise you, Bill Gates will not give up 100% of his wealth and eats the bugs and owns the nothing. He's going to keep everything he has. The 99% will not, but he will keep what he has. He's not going to be eating the bugs. Yeah, most definitely not. You have those 14 cities that that stated that they, they signed the pledge. So uh, by 2030, they will not sell gas. They will not allow meat. Uh, there's a lot of other things that will be banned so that they can get to zero carbon. People don't realize what zero carbon means. We are the carbon that they want to erase. Yes. That's exactly right, but most people don't think don't think that's what they mean. Well, just think though, and I'm talking more to the audience than I am Adrian here, but they're talking about a universal basic income when the economy collapses. 
so everybody can get a weekly stipend. Just think, the less the less population, the less people they have to pay. So it would be in their best interest to reduce that population because then they don't have to pay as much. Yeah, I'm not interested if, they, how if everybody got three thousand a month. If they got rid of ten people, that's thirty thousand they save. If they got rid of, uh, if they well, you could do the math on that. So every ten people they save thirty thousand a month. That's three hundred thousand a year. So just think if they do. If they say if they get rid of yeah if they get rid of millions of people at three thousand a month uh, if they get rid of a million people they, they a month or if, if they get rid of a million people they could save three million dollars every month that's what I'm trying to get at. I mean, they I get rid of 10 million people, then they would save 30 million a month. I wonder how they're going to enforce it, how they think they're going to enforce this, and how are they going to get their dairy and the meat oh, it's out easy. of the stores in the city? CBDCs and microchips. So if they can get that central banking all done cashless, then they could turn people's money off. They could turn your chip off. They can detonate your chip. If you speak out against them, there's cyanide in the microchip so that it'll detonate in your body. Yeah, it's already been planned out. If we let them get to the central bank digital currency, then it's over for the most part. Yeah, I haven't heard about that. I uh, felt like, you know, there was probably something going on on a – science level with the graphene oxide um, and the specifically, yeah, the graphene oxide, the mRNA, and then the whole fact of the towers. That's pretty weird to me. Well, they didn't expect everybody to say no to the gene therapies. So how much do you know about the central bank digital currency? Um, you know, I've never been one of those people that was into Bitcoin or anything like that because I was always skeptical of it from the beginning. Oh, this isn't Bitcoin. This is uh, some nations have already started this, but it's yeah, just just anything like that. Any just anything like that proof. I've always been really uh, skeptical of it. Like any, like I don't even really like Venmo. I don't really like anything like that, honestly. So I was never one of those Bitcoin fanatics or anything like that. Like the cashless society. Like I just don't support that well, at all. I don't support. I, I do. Digital. Crypto. The thing about Bitcoin, Adrian, is that it's it's what's called decentralized, which means that there's no CEO. So if there's no CEO, there's there's no take me to the corporate office so I could see who runs Bitcoin. When Bitcoin was created, it was set up so that it is truly free. 
So I'm if somebody said, I want your bit. Bitcoin password, you don't get your money. The, 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 the police just can't come in and demand that everybody just give up their, their passwords to Bitcoin. That, that's not how it works. So there are other cryptocurrencies that are centralized, which means that they have a CEO. And they they do have a a corporate office and whatnot, but Bitcoin does not. That's one thing to consider. That's why I got involved. I just wonder about things like that. Like, what does it take for, like, you know... For somebody else to get control of that as well. Yeah, they've gone into vaults and found bitcoins, and and they, and people demand the passwords. If nobody has the password, you're not getting that. You're not getting that bitcoin. So, I like that. So, uh, I can quickly here. This is from a few months ago. This is a three-minute clip with Joe Rogan and Tulsi Gabbard talking about the central bank digital currency. And I have other clips that are like 20 minutes long. I don't want to bore you. But I'll just give you an overview here. Um, This is where we are headed if we don't change course. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about all that, and I'm I'm concerned about the lack of understanding that people have about – the implementation of things like a digital currency that is centralized, that's controlled by the government. Right. That scares the shit out of me. Absolutely. Because that's what we're – and Maxine Waters, who has been promoting this, said that we need this to compete with China, which is so crazy. Yeah. It's like saying we need communism to compete with communism. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. If you want to compete with communists, you have to be a communist. Like What? Yeah. Like digital currency that's centralized by the state is terrifying because they'll connect it to a social credit score system. Yeah. If they connect it to a social credit score system, Tulsi Gabbard, I don't like what you said on the Joe Rogan experience. Mm-hmm. We're going to go and eliminate your ability to fly. Right. You can't fly. You can't travel. You right. can't buy gas anymore. Yeah. You can, which is what they do all in China. With, it's all within the realm of possibility. And you look at that and, you, and uh, what is the recent thing of – I think Elizabeth Warren was pushing for credit card companies to start tracking people who buy ammunition yeah. and firearms and well, report Visa that to the government. Visa is going to change the way they categorize gun sales. So they'll put gun sales in a different realm of like just in the, of regular sales, which is to let people know, like, hey, we're watching yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And not just because, like, oh, well, I'm just curious. No. No. There's a regulatory follow-up action. Uh, to that violation of privacy. Do you have any good news? <laughs> Is there anything happy you can talk about, Tulsi? Um, when you and I talk outside of this, it's always very happy. You're a happy person. <laughs> I am a happy person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of aloha, Joe. That's why I'm warning people about the impending doom yeah. of of us, of 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 where our leaders are taking us. And and really, it is that. Um, it's that care for each other and for our planet and our future that should require that that should encourage us to be involved and to be engaged. And as disheartening as as our election systems and politics can be, we've got to know that that we 
have to be the change. No one else is going to come and save us. Uh, our founders envision this country as a country of, by, and for the people. Um, many in our government have forgotten that, unfortunately. They're not going to wake up one day and magically remember. Um, it's up to us to to bring about that change and, and the system that our founders set up for us. It has its flaws. We've got a lot of work to do on it, you know, with the money um, you know, lobbyists and PAC money infecting our, corrupting our politics, uh, you know, election integrity, making sure that, you know, people are actually trusting the system and that their votes will be counted as they were cast. So there's, there's work to do, but these changes can only come about when we are all informed uh, and engaged in the process. Sorry, I was talking my butt off while uh, <laughs> when that went off there. Sorry, I was on mute. But that's one of the reasons, Adrian, why I have crypto. I don't have a lot. But just in case we have to get somewhere or I need something, if there's a castless society, at least I could buy something. I can, I can leave the house if I have to. So... That that was my motive into getting in, into a little bit of Bitcoin. There are countries like El Salvador that are completely changing their country's uh, mindset, and they, they have adopted Bitcoin as their official currency of the country. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. I never really thought about it like that. I've just always been very skeptical of all those things. Uh, didn't really want to conform or follow the trend on those. I'm just always very skeptical, suspicious of them. Yeah, I'm not one of those people that are worried about the price skyrocketing of, of cryptocurrency. Uh, my thing is is that if the U.S. dollar collapses and there's a banking holiday, if I need something – People will accept Bitcoin. There's there's places all over in every major city they will accept Bitcoin, whether it's for a pizza, whether it's for gas, whether it's a hotel room. They will take Bitcoin. That's my thought process on that. It's it's just a hedge against the US dollar. Yeah, I uh, I always heard it was like going against, you know, the Federal Reserve and stuff like that. I was just always very critical of that. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of years ago, it was at $65,000 of Bitcoin. Now it's... Uh, Without looking at it, somewhere between twenty six and thirty thousand, I think. For but how still, many? I started. I started getting invested when it was at eighteen thousand a bitcoin. So I've seen it skyrocket, and then I'm still, for the most part, ahead of uh, of when I bought bitcoin originally. But I'm not worried. I'm not. I'm more worried about the U.S. dollar collapse than I am 
about making money on crypto. Yeah. Um... So if you want to learn about it, I can show you, but I, I'm not. I'm not one of those people that keeps up on every single <laughs> whatever of every crypto and knows what everybody does. I, I just know how to how to put my money in stuff just in case there's something crazy. Yeah, I guess that would make sense for like backup plans. Hey, putting $100 in crypto in, in Bitcoin, you at least you know if, if you have to fill up your gas tank, you, you can get somewhere for $100. For now. Yeah, for now. That's crazy we have to think that way, but you're you're a little better off than most of the country because you're in the free state of Florida. Yet, Florida is the place to be. Uh, I, I'm okay where I'm at, but I I know um, I know there could be better, but there's a lot worse out there. Did you hear about the Dallas mayor that that switched from Democrat to Republican a couple days ago? No, I have not heard about that. Let me see if I can grab this real quick here. I figured just in case you you didn't have much to go on today that I I became very clip heavy today. So if we had to play clips, I can. So I want to show you the Dallas mayor and his switching to the Republican Party. This is the liberal hive mind. Hey guys, welcome to the Liberal Hive Mind, a channel solely focused on exposing the abundant hypocrisy of the left. You know, sometimes people take things for granted. In the world of politics, you see it all the time. We see politicians and political parties taking certain voter groups for granted. You know, Democrats don't feel like they have to work very hard to get young people, women, and black voters to vote for them. They take it for granted. Why lift a finger? They're going to vote for us anyways. Just pander and job's done. Just go out there and say, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. That's really all that needs to be said. The voters will show up and vote for us no matter what. You know, that's an example of politicians taking something for granted. Another example is how we just assume, you know, big city, it's a blue city. If it's a big city, it's a Democrat city, right? You don't need to work to make it a great city. You don't need working policies. You don't need safe streets, solid job opportunities, and affordable housing. You don't need to deliver on any of that because, hey, it's a big city. They're going to vote for the Democrat anyway. Well, I think politicians are taking that for granted because we may be entering the era of red cities. The pendulum swings 
hard left. Of course, it has over the last couple of decades, but if it goes far enough, eventually that momentum will start shifting the other direction, and it seems like we're starting to see the very, very early signs of that kind of a political momentum shift. Let me make my case as we're talking about the current mayor of Dallas. We've got some stuff to get into, so let's roll the tape. All right, folks, so we know that big cities are blue. It pretty much doesn't matter where you go, big cities are blue. To be completely honest with you, off the top of my head, I can't think of many Republican cities or red cities other than newly red Miami. And Miami only went red in one midterm election cycle thanks to a very popular governor of the state, Ron DeSantis. It's a new phenomenon. It's hard to tell whether it's going to last going into the next election season. So it's not really a common thing. No matter where you go, I mean, it could be a real red state. The city most likely is going to be a Democrat stronghold. And that's true even in places like Texas. Texas is known as a bastion of Republicanism to a certain extent. I mean, obviously, it's much closer than real Republican strongholds that vote red at huge margins, but those states tend to be smaller and those metropolitan areas in those states, of course, aren't big cities like Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, you get the idea. But if we look at election results from a Republican state like Texas, you'll notice that all the big cities are blue. Dallas is a strong blue at 65% Democrat in the last general election, Austin at 71%, San Antonio at 58%, and Houston at 56%. The state of Texas is a sea of red, except for the cities. Well, that seems to be slowly changing. It started with Miami, and now maybe the trend is moving to Texas as well. Democrats in the state are panicking as the more recent mayor of Dallas, a man by the name of Eric Johnson, officially announced today that he is leaving the Democrat Party, switching his party affiliation. He is now a Republican mayor. Yes, Stephen, making the switch, Mayor Johnson said he understands the decision will surprise many, but it is not a shock to many who closely follow politics and yet could still have some big implications for the future. The 60th mayor of the great city of Dallas, my friend, Mayor Johnson. When Eric Johnson was sworn in for his second term as Dallas mayor in June, the then-Democrat had Texas's two Republican senators there supporting him. He's now joined the two. Johnson announcing in a Wall Street Journal op-ed Friday, I have no intention of changing my approach to my job, but today I am changing my party affiliation. Going on to write, the future of America's great urban centers depends on the willingness of the nation's mayors to champion law and order and practice fiscal conservatism. Johnson has long made cracking down on violent crime, lowering property rates, and attracting business central tenets to his mayorship. He discussed those efforts in an appearance on Fox News Channel late last month. We've worked really, really closely with the community here in Dallas um, to make sure that our police uh, feel supported throughout this time when a lot of people have talked about defunding the police and questioning the, the, the role that law enforcement plays. Although mayoral positions are technically nonpartisan, Johnson's move sparked backlash for going Republican in solidly Democrat Dallas County. I mean, I guess that's one way to flip a state, huh? A Democrat gets elected, realizes he's part of the wrong party, and switches. Folks, this may be an outlier situation. Maybe, I mean, it's possible. I'm reading too much into it, but honestly, I don't think that's the case. I think this is the start of a trend, specifically because of the issues that were named. We all know the issues that plague Democrat cities. Soft on crime policies, bail reform laws, the revolving door of the justice system, allowing mentally ill substance abusers back on the streets over and over again, allowing roaming gangs of criminals, organized crime groups, 
to basically run amok and do whatever they want in retail spaces. Heavy tax burdens and regulation burdens. You know, just typical naive Democrat practices that make people's lives objectively worse. That is what people know of Democrat cities. That the governments there make housing unaffordable and they make streets less safe. Well, citing all of those issues, this mayor says, you know what? Enough of the big city Democrat status quo. It's time to try something new. That's the message that I get. And look, in politics, it takes forever to trends to manifest themselves. It takes forever for things to slowly change. But you can only keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Eventually, people are going to be asking themselves, what is the point of voting for the same people and voting for the same issues for generations upon generations and nothing ever gets done? Maybe it's time for a Hail Mary. Maybe it's time to try something new. Maybe it's time to support the local Republican and see if it makes a difference eventually that's obviously going to happen and i think we're starting to see that new shiny trend hopefully no longer are the days where it's just kind of the accepted nature of the politics beast that cities vote blue no matter who that cities are democrat strongholds with very much compassion and very many crack pipes to be handed out in the masses to all the crackheads who wish to partake in the party. You know, what kind of standard is it? Is the standard that we should live in squalor, that that's woke progressivism? Is the new standard that big cities are so liberal, so muck compassionate, that all cities be woke and accepting and, of course, diverse, so diverse, in fact, that not only is there a Chinatown or a Little Italy or a financial district, but there's also the homeless encampment district. Is that an acceptable standard? Is that just the status quo of living in a big blue city? I don't think it is, and I don't think it should be. And I think that's kind of where we're headed. More and more people are realizing, more and more people are waking up, more and more people are leaving places like Portland, Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, for the greener pastures of Republican states, and apparently increasingly Republican big cities. I think Miami is going to be the first success story, and possibly some other big cities might follow. We're seeing two trends. The first one is politicians leaving the Democrat Party and joining the Republican. That is obviously something that we're seeing more and more of. It's almost unheard of to see Republicans leaving the party and joining the Democrat ranks, but we keep seeing the opposite happening over and over again. And the second trend is the trend of more outspoken conservative leadership and values growing organically in metropolitan areas. It's basically Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's worst nightmare. Remember all the predictions that Texas in the next couple of election cycles is going to be blue. Texas is going to be the next Democrat stronghold. Well, it seems like that's not exactly the case. In fact, even Democrat strongholds in Texas are jumping ship and joining the side of common sense. Fantastic news as the political shift continues to grow. It's probably going to take another decade or so to fully materialize, but it's more evidence that this trend is very much real. Anyways, that's what I got for you guys on the video. Hopefully you enjoyed this one. If you did, make sure to leave a like and possibly subscribe to the channel. Thanks for watching, folks, and I'll see you on the next one. All right, so I, I hope that made sense there. Yeah, I don't know how many other cities are, are about to flip, but uh, I could see it. The thing is, is that communism and all this is cool uh, until it gets to the point where they're the authoritarians. And now the youth is at the point where they really, where they normally would be.
where they don't feel like getting yelled at about every little thing they do. And that used to be, I'm a Democrat because I don't want Republicans yelling at me uh, because I'm, I'm not the 1%, but you are. And now that's completely flipped. The Democrats are the party of the war party. They, they want this Ukraine war because it funds everybody. Everybody, do you, you mean? Can you imagine that you're in favor of war because you make money at it and that's it? So all those other millions of people don't matter to you because you're making money by, by having war and everybody funnels money to you? Oh, so that's what you're referring to. I wasn't sure exactly what you're referring to there. Yeah, look how people get uh, get funded for the for the war. Napoleon got rich because he funded both sides of the war, and both sides borrowed money from him and paid it back with interest. Both, yeah, both sides of the wars. I've heard about that being um, that both sides of the wars have been funded since Napoleon. Yeah. So, yeah, people get rich when there's war, except the, the, the 99% get broke. The 1% get all kinds of rich. Look, Dick Cheney made all kinds of money with the Iraq war when he was vice president. Yeah, Hal Burton got uh, made money hand over fist because they, they, they made all kinds of money during the war. Nobody wants to talk about Nobody that, but that's what happened. All right, let's yeah, see what else yeah. we, can, we can get into here. So everybody's now on the bandwagon that Michael Robinson Obama at some point will be introduced as the the uh, the leading Democrat candidate as soon as Brandon gets out of the way. So there's a lot of people that think that Big Mike is a nice lady and Governor Gruesome's not going to cut it uh, because if you have people leaving California like they are, how are you going to be able to sell the public on the, the state? The state that hemorrhages the most in population, the, the governor of that state wants to be president. Yeah, that, that's not going to work. But They've kept Michael Robinson Obama out of the spotlight because he is a nice lady. And you will get all those people that said that they're leaving the Democrat Party because Brandon is too old and nobody listens to them. They're going to trot out Big Mike because they feel that they'll be able to get those people back on the plantation again. They figure everybody has an Etch-A-Sketch head. And they don't know that the same people are running uh, Brandon and and uh, Big Mike. So let me go ahead and uh, I want to play something in regards to that. 
Yeah, Michelle Obama's yeah. embarrassingly rich speaking fees leaked. We're going to uh, share that with you. This is all on the front page of all the political news feed. Remember, this is the poor, oppressed Michelle Obama. This is the first time I've ever been proud of my country is when Obama won the nomination. These are snotty elites, man. How's it going for you now, Michelle? We'll check in on her actual amount. It is jaw-dropping. I'm Doug Tenaple, and this is Doug in Exile. Thank you guys for subscribing. You're making us a very fast-growing channel. We need you. We like you. This is one place where you belong. So come hang with us. Michelle Obama to get a check for $741,000 for a one-hour speech about diversity and inclusion at Munich Conference. I don't know what's more painful about this whole thing. There's like a whole lot of factoids here if I wanted to break this whole thing down. But that $741,000, that's one painful idea. That is a speaking fee that rivaled Bill Clinton even. Uh, that it's a one-hour speech, because I can't imagine sitting and listening to this harpy for one hour condescend to me about diversity and inclusion. There's nothing more painful. Here's the article. Michelle raked in nearly $750,000 for a one-hour speech at a tech fair in the southern Germany city of Munich on Monday. Daily Mail has learned, and we already know she knows nothing about tech. So she's like the top-tier speaker at a tech fair. The 59-year-old picked up the eye-watering check for speaking to a startup event held on the sidelines of an annual Oktoberfest beer festival and she's such a health nut, I know she doesn't even drink beer. Two sources close to the conference organizers said. According to the event's webpage, the ex-attorney was set to speak to some 5,000 attendees on how to push past self-doubt while discussing the importance of inclusivity and diversity. Can you imagine her talking about self? You know what would give me courage? How about a $700,000 check? Also, ironically, she's in Munich, Germany. I'm trying to think of an event, oh, in the last century that, that showed exactly how much they celebrated diversity and inclusion. Hmm. By the way, if you look at the thumbnail photo, look, there's Michelle. Now, I took a lot of pictures with my mom. I never quite managed this pose. And then here's our second headline. Sarah Palin says Michelle Obama will be the Democratic nominee in 2024. So this is another one. There's the lovely Sarah Palin weighing in. Former GOP vice presidential nominee Sarah Palin said Monday that she thinks former First Lady Michelle Obama will be the Democrats' 2024 nominee, adding that President Biden is out. Now, we've speculated these things. She's speculating also. Ted Cruz just now came out with it earlier this week. What does everyone know that I don't know? Because I'm still doubtful on the, on the Michelle Obama thing. I, I do agree she could come in and there'd be no drama with her come, I mean, among the Democrat Party. Because I was going, look, they're going to do Gavin Newsom. You bring in Gavin Newsom and you pick that albino antichrist before you allow uh, a black woman like Kamala Harris run and you're in trouble. But if you ran Michelle Obama, that takes that card away. So it kind of makes sense. So this was uh, Sarah Palin on Twitter. Don't quote, don't be surprised, but I still say it'll be Michelle O in 2024 election. Biden is out. And that's one that we predicted and we're sticking to that one. Biden is out. 
Uh, they haven't announced it yet. Maybe he doesn't even know it yet. There's not a lot that he does know. What do you think most of all? Do you think Michelle is going to run? Do you think that photo of her with her kids is kind of strange? Do you think that $700,000 speaking in Germany for a diversity and inclusion conference that don't you think that's kind of a self-owned, that that's kind of a punishment? Is there a fate worse than that on earth getting stuck in that? Let me know in the comments below. I'm Doug in exile. Don't forget to subscribe. Yeah, there's another one that I thought I had. I'm looking for it. But there were some pictures that that came out over the weekend of uh, allegedly Big Mike when, when he was pregnant. And even Snopes said it was fake. And the thing is, is that she looked older in those pictures than, than how she looks now. Everybody called it fake. Everybody knows. There's no pictures of Big Mike when, when he was pregnant or at least had young kids. Yeah, I have a friend that uh, we should have her call in, man. She uh, thinks that uh, Michelle Obama is the man. I don't know. I, I just know on the Ellen show that day he was sloshing. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? No, I know what you're talking about. I've seen the clip and... Uh, yeah, I have a good friend that she thinks that Michelle Obama is actually a man. And we should have her dial in and talk to us about that. She also thinks that, I think, I'm pretty sure she thinks that Taylor Swift also is a, uh, is trans. But um, we could have her dial in at some point and talk to us about that. Uh, I don't know if trailers, Taylor Swift is trans or not, but. She is dating that that guy on the Kansas City Chiefs right now that that uh, was doing commercials for Pfizer. So, one way or the other, that relationship's not going to last. Yeah, but if you're doing commercials to get to get people to take their gene therapies, uh, I, I don't think that's a good look. Yeah. Um, do we even know if these people actually took it, though, that were advertising it? Uh, who knows? I don't have a way of knowing if they just took saline or not, but they've, they've kind of been uh, hiding it or, or giving people saline in the major sports because if you had i know that guy in the buffalo bills last year but if you had like tom brady or patrick mahomes having blood clots that that would really that would really change the 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 dynamic of the gene therapies like if lebron james's son got it and he has blood clots he's just in college and LeBron could have came out and said, I regret the choice 
of, of my son getting the gene therapy, but instead <laughs> he doubles down on it and says he's better off than if he didn't get the gene therapy. So I don't know why it is that these people are so loyal when they have a perfect opportunity to say that, uh, and you don't even necessarily have to blame Pfizer. All you have to do is say, my son got injured from this gene therapy and uh, I wish him the best. All you have to do is admit that it happened. You don't have to go against anybody. All you have to do is come out and tell the truth and that would shake up the industry. But no, you have to double down and say that, that he's better off than if he didn't get it. That's why I don't understand. Jamie Foxx did that mess. LeBron James, other celebrities. It's like they got paid to shut up or something. It's just embarrassing, Adrian. I just said it's embarrassing. Oh, yeah, I was actually talking to you, and I accidentally muted myself, so sorry about that. I was literally talking, oh, right. <laughs> responding back to what you were saying. Um, yeah, maybe they were being, and I said, uh, after you said, you know, maybe they're being paid, and I said, you know, maybe they're being uh, threatened, too, like blackmailed, something along those lines. Um, you know, Beyonce's ex-drummer, for example, you know, she said, or I think it was a female Beyonce's ex-drummer was talking about uh, receiving very intense harassment after leaving, and also that uh, there were accusations against Beyonce and her group of people for uh, using or attempting to use extreme witchcraft on their ex-drummer. Yeah, I didn't even know Beyonce had a drummer. I just thought they produced her music off off screen, and then they just put a tape in and let her do her dancing. Yeah, me either, until me and my friend um, started looking at that and um, just what the drummer said, that, you know, that they were getting intense harassment after mm-hmm. leaving, um, you know, accusations against the uh, you know, the artist for extreme witchcraft, um, being, you know, her, trying to harass the ex-drummer with that, and then, you know, like, attacks on their bank account, things like that. So who really knows what happened to these celebrities to make them endorse that or to make them deny mm-hmm. that those vaccines are actually what made them ill um so who knows what actually went on behind the scenes there to get them to still support that oh sorry my my cat is uh every time i want to say something or type something he's just been in my face i let him sit in here sometimes during my show Oh, I love cats. They're my favorite. 
If I'm not looking at him, he has to hold my face while he while he licks me. Him and his sandpaper tongue. Okay, Harry, I know. What's your cat's name? What's that? What's your cat's name? Harry. Harry? Yeah. Like Harry Potter. Yeah. But we have six cats and two dogs. Oh, wow. That's a lot of cats. I love cats. I like the Bengal cast a lot. Yeah, Harry's uh, an orange cat. Come on, Harry. I got to go to work. So he's like a Garfield. Uh, I don't know about that. He just... uh... See, I have I have two cats that don't really hang out with the others, and Harry's the only one that goes back and forth all day between all of them. I have some senior citizen cats. They're both one's ten, the other one's eleven, and they don't like the uh, they don't want to hang out with the younger crowd. So they they're in their own separate room doing their own thing, and Harry likes to come in there and hang out with them sometimes. Right, Aries. He has his own chair that he sits in while I'm doing my day job. Oh, he has his own personal chair? Yeah. He has his own employee chair, yeah. Well, like your cat doesn't have his own chair? I actually sadly don't own a cat right now. Oh. Yeah, I would like to get one. Uh, I was traveling a lot. It was just too much to have a cat. But I think that I am going to get a Bengal cat, and I'm going to leash train it, because I did see, I've always heard that Bengal cats are very easy to leash train. And then also, I met a Bengal cat on a leash last week, the very first Bengal that I've ever seen in person, and it was beautiful. And it was walking on a leash and a harness, and it was doing a good job. Yeah, I I only uh, if I if I started with no cats, I'd start out with two, because then they they at least have company. Yeah. I would never want to be in a family where nobody would ever be able to speak my language. So uh, I, I don't want a cat to feel lonely. or uh, when, That's why there's six, I guess, because then they could just go hang out with someone else. Yeah, that's funny. Right, Harry. So, yeah, we have two boy cats and four girl cats. How long did it take you to acquire that many? Uh, I've gotten them all as kittens. So uh, 
Our oldest is 11. The youngest ones are six. So the trick is, is that you bring them in as kittens, and then after a week or so, everybody realizes nobody's a threat. If you bring them in as cats, adult cats, a lot of them are set in their ways, and then they don't like each other, and they don't integrate well. But if you bring them in as kittens, they they learn how to adapt. Yeah, that does make more sense. They usually are, like, more social when they're around other cats as kittens. Well, the kittens, they're very needy, so they will go up to all the other cats. And uh, at first, the, the adult cats are like, what is this? And then they realize that they're not a threat. And once they realize that the kitten that's eight weeks old isn't trying to kill them, they just need help getting established in life, then they more or less uh, understand. <laughs> But the first few days, you hear nothing but hissing. And that's the adult cats, not necessarily the baby cats, but the adult cats just hiss. And then eventually they wear down. Yeah, I cannot wait to get a cat. It's like going to be one of the biggest highlights of my life, you know. Actually... Speaking of highlights of my life, proof, like, a week and a half ago, I actually, maybe two weeks now, I actually stumbled upon a sea turtle nest, and it was very kind of obvious that they were probably mid-hatch, and something got into their nest in the early hours um, in the morning, because sea turtles, they usually do not, they usually do not during the daytime and I actually thought I sat my sandals next to a thing of seashells like just a hole with seashells around it but when I lifted up my sunglasses to get my shoes and leave I saw some baby sea turtles and some of them were deceased and then I got closer and I looked and there was actually the ground was moving, so I actually did pick them up and end up pouring water on them, and I don't even think they were going to try to um, come out after, you know, um, whatever attacked their nest, and then the sun was very hot, um, and sea turtles actually cannot retract into their shell, so um, that was a really cool experience. I got videos and pictures of it. Um, It was a huge highlight. To the water. I know you're not supposed to do that technically, but I mean, I don't understand why it's not allowed. Yeah, I don't know anything about sea turtles. Yeah, it was a really cool experience. But the, if you decide to get a cat, though, one of the health benefits actually is that their purring 
is like a calming frequency with you. So if they purr next to you or on top of you, it, it's supposed to uh, it reduces blood pressure. It reduces your heart rate. So if you have anxiety, oh, it uh, it helps. I believe that, yeah. I think that cats have a healing energy, like bioenergetics. Yeah, so I have three cats that, that sit on me in various places. One will sit on on both, on either of my sides, so that's two. Uh, and then I have one that sits on my legs. <laughs> yeah, I think that cats gravitate towards a... Uh, um, areas in the body that their owners or other people have uh, pain or issues. I believe that. Yeah. And then the fourth one used to sit on top of my pillow or, or right next to me. Uh, But now that she's in the other room as a senior with the other cat. um, But yeah, I would have four cats sit on me and the other two would sit on my wife. Yeah, I think that someone should fund some studies if there's not any already on the bioenergetics of cats. Oh, there is. Oh, really? Yeah. That's why I was talking about the heart rates and stuff. Yeah, I saw, like, a post going around, like, uh, on social media and stuff. I would like to see, like, studies that they've done, like, like, like the original reports. Let's see what else we got here. All right, what other clips do we have? Uh, Let's see. uh, Where's the Brandon one? Okay, more liberal hive mind. I might just play a couple right in a row here. So I've been following uh, a guy on YouTube called the liberal hive mind lately, and he's been putting out a lot of good stuff. So I'm going to share a couple of things. Hey guys, welcome to the Liberal Hive Mind, a channel solely focused on exposing the abundant hypocrisy of the left. All right, folks, so I'm going to start this video very specifically. I'm going to start this video with a couple words. Here it goes. Dear black people, I hope you're paying attention, and I hope this video and this information finds you well. I hope you're listening with an open mind and, more importantly, an open heart. It's time to have a conversation about Joe Biden. So here's the thing, or here's the question that I have. When is enough going to be enough? How much insult until it becomes injury? You realize Democrats don't care about you, right? You realize that everything Joe Biden says and promises to you is empty, right? Joe Biden's support from black voters continues to dwindle. I'd argue rightly so, but his approval rating with black voters is still 60 plus percent. The question I'm asking myself is, how? How is that even remotely possible? You do realize that everything Joe Biden says and does in regards to courting the black vote is a complete scam, right? There's only one word to describe it. Pander or pandering. Everything these people do, everything these top Democrats do to target black voters is empty, shallow, and manipulative. 
It's been three years of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in office. They have passed zero legislation to make your life better. They've passed zero targeted legislation. They've made everyone's standard of living and lives worse. And they've done absolutely nothing to target community inequality. Let's call it historic inequality. They love to call it systemic racism. I think it's historic inequality. And sure, something can and probably should be done to do it. But if you think for a second that the Democrats are going to be the ones to do it, in my opinion, you're simply not paying attention. The Democrats care about one thing and one thing alone, getting your vote in an election season. It's been three years, they've done nothing. And now all of a sudden, as Joe's support from black voters is dwindling, they've come up with a new strategy. And that strategy is the most pathetic empty, vapid, pandering campaign I think we've ever seen, or at least we've seen since Hillary Clinton's infamous hot sauce moment. I want to have a conversation about this. We've got some stuff to get into, so let's roll the tape. All right, folks, I want to first start off with this MSNBC clip, where Joe Scarborough makes the point that if you compare Donald Trump and Joe Biden and their public appearances, that Donald Trump is the one that's quote, cognitively impaired. And again, Rev, he's talking about Joe Biden being cognitively impaired. He looks cognitively impaired. Yeah, apparently when you listen to the former president speak and the current president speak, it's obvious that Joe Biden's the competent guy and Donald Trump, well, he's the moron. I'm literally laughing as I'm saying that. But then you listen to Joe Biden speak. Representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America, LLJ Cool J. By the way, that boy's got, that man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's spent. Not only is Joe Biden obviously the one who's cognitively impaired, but Joe Biden is also the biggest political rat. This is their new campaign strategy to court black voters. Hip-hop. Giving LL Cool J, which Joe Biden doesn't even know who he is or how to pronounce his name, LLJ Cool J. He then, by the way, called him boy. And that's the totally not cognitively impaired strategy to get your vote. You know, the words that I keep saying, right? Manipulative, vapid, empty, pandering. I mean, it's right in front of you. The writing is on the wall. In politics, in general, people have important issues. People have actual dilemmas. Right now, people are skipping meals or not paying their electricity bill so they could afford to buy groceries. People are having their cars repoed. They can barely afford to keep a roof over their head. And Joe Biden's messaging campaign to black voters is, yo, I'm down with the hip hops. And no, it's not one isolated situation. It really feels as though this is like the new strategy. And they seem to be using Kamala Harris as the proxy or the vessel. It started back on Charlemagne the God's show where Kamala Harris all of a sudden was down with the hip hops and smoking the reefer. What do you listen to? Because I know she has to go. So what does Kamala Harris listen to? What were you what listening to when you was high? <laughs> what was on? What song was Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, definitely Snoop. Uh-huh. Uh, Tupac, Tupac, for sure. Oh, she used to listen to Tupac and Snoop Dogg, even though Tupac and Snoop Dogg literally weren't even a thing when she was in college. It started with that, and now it's Kamala Harris sitting down with Quavo from the Migos. Mm-hmm. Yep, I came with Or Kamala Harris dancing and grooving. Or Kamala Harris dancing and grooving. (laughs) 
It's funny how these clips and these moments only started to appear once Kamala Harris was kind of like that token person to appeal to particular voters. Or here's Kamala Harris after a half a century, it is clear hip-hop will not be erased. Hip-hop is here to stay. Welcome to the first ever hip-hop house party at the office of the Vice President of the United States. Hip-hop is the ultimate American art form. It is clear. Hip-hop is here to stay. Kamala Harris celebrating the 50-year anniversary, I think it's something like that, of hip-hop music. Look, not exactly a big deal, like really not a big deal at all, if it was genuine, authentic, but it's obviously not, right? When is Kamala Harris's political identity throughout her entire political career? I mean, we're talking about decades in politics. When has it ever revolved around hip-hop? There's only one answer to that question. Never. Literally never. In fact, Kamala Harris was the person putting young black men in prison for simple possession charges. Now all of a sudden, Kamala Harris has adopted an image that she's down with the streets, yo. I mean, look, I'm not black, so I'm not going to pretend to speak for black people. But hypothetically, if I was black, I couldn't think of many things much more insulting. The implication is that you don't vote based on economic issues, based on important topics that are relevant to your standard of living. No, you vote based on identity and skin color. That's why Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. I mean, what a deeply, deeply offensive idea. They're not mobilizing money and opportunity. There's no platinum plan for black America. There's no plan at all. It's just LLJ Cool J, dancing, celebrating hip-hop, going on Charlemagne the God show, or having some random celebrity, part of the hip-hop community, endorsing them. Last time it was Cardi B, although she's seemed to have had at least a small political reawakening lately. And now it's Quavo, or Snoop Dogg. I just want to say this real quick, man, on the political shit. Ain't no fucking way in the world y'all can vote for Donald Trump when he come back up again. If, it is, if y'all do vote for him, y'all some stupid motherfuckers. I'm saying that to y'all. And this punk motherfucker don't care. Don't vote for that nigga. Please don't. Frankly, it's insulting. I mean, come on. It's so insulting. There's no plan. And so you're faced with two options. There's Republicans who... To a certain extent, yeah, they're not going to pander to you because it's a completely different worldview. The Republican worldview is to create an open economy that works for everybody, to get government out of the way, to create more opportunity for everyone regardless of skin color. And of course, there's the Democrat strategy, which is what we outlined in this video. You know, it's a choose your path moment. There's left and there's right. There's two roads. There's two walking paths. Pick one, wanderer. The right choice seems very much obvious. Strong policy that doesn't target based on identity, that doesn't discriminate, or the soft bigotry of low expectations, empty promises, empty pandering, and a whole load of nothing. Anyways, that's what I got for you guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure to leave a like and possibly subscribe to the channel. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you on the next one. Hey guys, welcome to the Liberal Hive Mind, a channel fully focused on exposing the abundant hypocrisy of the left. So this is the second video that I record today, and it's literally the exact same topic, maybe slightly different, but kind of the same thesis as the video that I just recorded. We're ordering a double. The question is, what's on the menu? It's a nice, big, beautiful dose of Democrat five-alarm panic. Folks, the blue ain't on lefties are not okay. They are not okay. 
okay. And the question is, where do you go? Where do you look to get to that conclusion? Well, the answer is very clear. You simply turn on the TV and switch it to MSNBC. How exactly are they doing at MSNBC? Are they okay? I know the news cycle hasn't exactly been favorable to your average blue anon conspiracy theorist at MSNBC. The indictments are falling flat on their face, pretty much not doing anything, not moving the needle. If anything, moving the needle in Donald Trump's favor. Joe Biden continues to crumble, embarrass himself. Support for Joe is falling off at record pace. And a poll from ABC slash Washington Post just released for the public suggesting that Donald Trump is up by double digits, by 10 points over his Democrat opponent, sleepy, creepy, piss pants Joe. You know, it's not exactly an environment where lefties would be cheering. Nope, it's a time of leftist panic, and boy, is that exactly what's happening. Let me show you guys what I mean by that. Let's take a look at what's going on at MSNBC. We got some stuff to get into, so let's roll the tape. All right, folks, at least you got to give it to the blue anon lefties at MSNBC. They don't exactly hide the way they truly feel. They may be dishonest in the way that they present the news, but they certainly aren't dishonest in the way that they present their emotions. Uh, people say privately all the time and not on TV all very often, something really bad is going to happen, okay? Shit's about to hit the fan in this country. Fox News had to veer away from the lunatics spewing hatred and death threats for Democratic officials in New York because of the migrant mm. caucus. Everyone is on, uh, I don't even know the words. Everyone is, knows that we're walking into something hideous, and no one will do anything. I refuse to believe that nothing can be done. These are people getting their information in part because of the vacuum being created by people with, I, I don't even know if we call it a spine anymore. That might be an insult to spines. But there are still people out there with following. You can go out and, and here's, here's what I want to ask you. When something happens, what do you want to be able to tell your kids and grandkids you did? You good with nothing? You could with, I didn't do anything because I didn't think anyone would listen to me. Trump tweeted something mean about me someday because you did something. I tried to do something. Where are all of the Republicans who still have little slivers of a following in the cesspool that is the MAGA base? Well, look, all of the red lights are blinking about what is about to happen. And I think that's what makes what Jack Smith is doing so important because he's saying, okay, um, Right now, you know, this is a stress test for the entire criminal justice system. Look, the Republicans are not going to step up. They are not going to raise their hands. We know that Mitch McConnell is not going to come out of his bunker and say what he said after January 6th. But what I think was so powerful about this document, which I've just skimmed, is the way that Jack Smith basically sounds all of those alarms and says, look, this is not just theoretical. Look what he has done in the past. Look what he is doing right now. You know, and I know that the word, you know, gag order is going to be thrown around a lot. But what he's really saying is that Donald Trump needs to be held to the same standard of, of that any other criminal defendant would be held to, but also to alert the court to the extent of this campaign to discredit and attack and demean judges and jurors and prosecutors to discredit the entire process. This is not just one trial among any. Donald Trump is not just one defendant among any. This is a former president of the United States who is prepared uh, to call out the Furies, who is prepared to stoke violence, to tell people, no, come, because it will be wild. And, you know, you, you know again, um, with all of these red lights blinking, um, the silence that we've gotten used to I think um, becomes less defensible because what happens in 2024 um, could be horrific. It is likely to be horrific. 
and all of the people that enabled it and rationalized it and looked the other way um, ought to be held to account in some way, at least in their conscience, if not politically. There's only one thing to say. It's not working. Democrats have hatched this multi-year-long plan to destroy Donald Trump. It started back in 2020, pretty much throughout the entire year, culminating in the whole January 6th thing. They built all these ridiculous cases. They did their little commissions, all their fake news, phony, altered and misrepresented evidence during their bogus little congressional hearings. At certain moments, they were celebrating doing victory laps. Donald Trump can't possibly have survived that one. But as the smoke clears, Donald Trump emerges from the wreckage totally unscathed. In fact, not only unscathed, but also kind of pissed and seeking political revenge. And they know it. And so they're panicking. It's not working. It's not working. What do we do? Quote, Donald Trump will break us was one moment from that Gavin Newsom interview not too long ago. And now you have Nicole Wallace screaming from the top of the mountain with her megaphone at MSNBC, asking somebody to do something. I'm not exactly sure what she means by that. You know, I think the quote, what she said was, she wants somebody to do something. What does that even mean? You know, and again, it shows the authoritarian tendencies of these leftoids. They don't want democracy, even though they're constantly virtue signaling about how precious democracy is. No, they don't want anything of the sort. They want somebody to do something. They want some prosecutor, some rogue prosecutor, or some network, some platform to do their bidding. They want Fox News regulated and taken off air. They want Tucker Carlson banned from speaking. They want right-wing podcasters and commentators on social media websites like YouTube, Rumble, Spotify, and others censored, removed, shadow banned. That's what she's saying. I mean, don't get it twisted. That is literally exactly what she is saying and what she is implying. And for me, honestly, it's another telltale sign. It's another litmus test. You know, that is the way that blue anon Democrats act when they are losing. Back in 2016, I mean, that's pretty much when it all started, right? They didn't think Donald Trump was a threat at all. It was pretty much impossible that Donald Trump could win. Hillary Clinton was in. 99% chance that she wins the presidency. Then she lost. And what was the response? A huge tyrannical authoritarian play from the leftist side, working with tech companies to suppress information, to de-platform their opponents, working behind the scenes with the intelligence community and with foreign spies to bring down Donald Trump and anyone in his orbit. You know, all the issues that we deal with when it comes to free speech and whatnot all spawned post-2016 Trump victory era. Whenever they are losing, they throw a tantrum and essentially call for more regime control. Because obviously they know that if they don't control the means of information or the flow of information, then they lose their power. They lose their ability to win without a strong candidate. You know, they don't have a Barack Obama or a Bill Clinton right now. They have this guy. And the only way this guy wins is if you're not allowed to question. Is if only one narrative is allowed to survive, and that's their narrative. And anything else is a conspiracy theory, everything else is dangerous misinformation that's a threat to our democracy. They are in full-on five-alarm panic mode, and it's because Trump is 
winning. So like I've been saying, folks, it feels like 2016 all over again. All the same signs, a very, very similar dynamic, and you just got to turn on MSNBC to experience it. Anyway, it's kind of a short video. I don't need to say much more. You guys can make your own opinions from watching that clip. Just wanted to show it to you guys. If you enjoyed it, leave a like and possibly subscribe. Of course, you know we'd love to have you here. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you on the next one. Hey guys, welcome to the Liberal Hive Mind, a channel solely focused on exposing the abundant hypocrisy of the left. Alright folks, so I'm going to start this video very specifically. I'm going to start this video with a couple words. Here it goes. Dear black people, I hope you're paying attention, and I hope this video and this information finds you well. I hope you're listening with an open mind, and more importantly, an open heart. It's time to have a conversation about Joe Biden. So here's the thing, or here's the question that I have. When is enough going to be enough? How much insult until it becomes injury? You realize Democrats don't care about you, right? You realize that everything Joe Biden says and promises to you is empty, right? Joe Biden's support from black voters continues to dwindle. I'd argue rightly so, but his approval rating with black voters is still 60 plus percent. The question I'm asking myself is, how? How is that even remotely possible? You do realize that everything Joe Biden says and does in regards to courting the black vote is a complete scam, right? There's only one word to describe it. Pander or pandering. Everything these people do, everything these top Democrats do to target black voters is empty, shallow, and manipulative. It's been three years of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in office. They have passed zero legislation to make your life better. They've passed zero targeted legislation. They've made everyone's standard of living and lives worse. And they've done absolutely nothing to target community inequality. Let's call it historic inequality. They love to call it systemic racism. I think it's historic inequality. And sure, something can and probably should be done to do it. But if you think for a second that the Democrats are going to be the ones to do it, in my opinion, you're simply not paying attention. The Democrats care about one thing and one thing alone. Getting your vote in an election season. It's been three years, they've done nothing, and now all of a sudden, as Joe's support from black voters is dwindling, they've come up with a new strategy. And that strategy is the most pathetic empty, vapid, pandering campaign I think we've ever seen, or at least we've seen, since Hillary Clinton's infamous hot sauce moment. I want to have a conversation about this. We've got some stuff to get into, so let's roll the tape. Well, All right, I, folks, I want to first start played. off with this MSNBC clip, where Joe Scarborough makes the point that if you compare Donald Trump I, and I Joe Biden... I grabbed a different clip. Sorry about that. Anyway, we're done with that. Sorry if you're on mute. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah, they've definitely been targeting uh, minority communities, that's for sure. Yeah, they they honestly think that all they have to do is show up with a rapper and everybody's going to come out and, and, uh, and clap their hands like trained seals. how little they think about about people yeah they don't have to do anything for three years then when it comes time for an election oh look i'm hanging out with a black person yeah i mean i just think that a lot of these democrats are actually racist you know um well if you have to put race ahead of somebody's character then yes you're a racist 
if everything you do in life is based on whether somebody has a certain skin pigmentation, then then you're the racist one. Because the average person in America does not think race, 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 gender, 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 race every single moment of every day. I don't spend two seconds in a day uh, thinking about race. I don't. Yeah, these people are obsessed with it. No, I, I don't understand it. But I'm not I mean, going to understand it, it because I'm not a liberal. Yeah, I mean, it's just virtue signaling. All right, so let's see. What else do we have here? We have Hillary hitting rock bottom. She's out there again uh, telling people about the Russia hoax that that was proven false in court. She's still going around thinking that, that people must not have heard that on the news. New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is being called out for continuing to drive around in her Tesla, despite saying last year that she would love to switch to a union-made model. Our car was purchased uh, during the pandemic when travel, before a, a vaccine had come out. So travel between New York and Washington, the safest way that we had determined was an EV, but that was prior to um, some of the new models coming out on the market that had the range available. Uh, but we're actually looking into trading in our car now. She's looking into it. Fox News contributor and columnist for The Messenger, Joe Concha, Concha joins us now. Joe, it seems like AOC is moving with the same sense of purpose, the same alacrity as one O.J. Simpson is in finding the real killers. Thoughts? Great analogy Thank or with the same urgency as would pertain to the U.S. southern border and going down there and taking pictures uh, as she did years ago, right, as far as that's concerned. you got to love this. I mean, AOC actually gets asked a remotely challenging question, in this case around why she owns a vehicle not built by union labor, and she says, well, I purchased it three years ago and I'm still looking into trading it. Uh, how long does it take to trade in a car? How long does it take to look into that where last year, as you just pointed out, she said she would? It, if AOC ran a funeral parlor, Todd, and no one would die. I mean, she's that inept. She's been in Congress for nearly five years, and she's yet to have one bill she's proposed brought to the floor, let alone passed. But we live in a world, apparently, where your influence on social media is much more important than actually getting things done for your constituents. So here we are. Wow, I can't believe she's almost been there five years. When you put it like that, that's, that's a lot. Uh, let's switch gears to Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Uh, she's still talking about possible Russian election interference. Listen to this, Joe. I don't think, despite all of the, uh, you know, deniers, uh, there's any doubt that he interfered in our election or that he has interfered in many ways in uh, the uh, internal affairs of other countries. He hates democracy. He particularly hates the West, and he especially hates us. I fear that, um, you know, the Russians have proved themselves to be quite adept at interfering, and uh, if he has a chance, he'll do it again. So Clinton has also denied the results of the 2016 election in the past. I don't think that's, you know, we're no stranger to that. We've heard it a hundred times. Uh, but why, why yeah. is she allowed to keep doing this uh, and other people are not, if you're a Republican, more so? 
Uh, because Jen Psaki is the one running the interview, so of course she's not going to call her out in any way, shape, or form. She's the former White House press secretary, and she worked uh, in the Obama-Biden administration before that. Uh, apparently, rock bottom has a basement when it comes to Hillary Clinton, and she's just hit it. She's been on a public therapy tour for more than six years now. She continues to push this big lie that she only lost her election in 2016, Ashley, uh, to Donald Trump because of the Russians and the Kremlin and interference. And when she says this, it actually has consequences. Consequences. You know, YouGov did a poll after the 2016 election. It found that nearly 7 in 10 Democratic voters thinks the Russians not only interfered, they actually got into voting machines and changed vote totals during that election. And yet most of the media, starting with Jen Psaki, never calls her out on this. Gee, I wonder why that is. Maybe it's because she has a D next to her name. Speaking of polls, an ABC News panel reacting to Joe Biden's brutal new polling. Watch this. These numbers are simply staggering for the sitting president. Those are the worst numbers that we've seen in our ABC News Washington Post polling. He's been talking about how inflation has been easing, but people aren't buying it. It's not just the state of the nation or the policies that are giving people pause on President Biden. It seems to be the man himself. Maybe the most startling number in our poll is this, the, the hypothetical matchup, a rematch of Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. So again, this was an ABC News Walls, uh, Washington Post poll. You sir, so ABC, there's kind of work where they'll be like, I can't believe it. this is yeah. Washington Post said, I don't believe it. This is an outlier. Our polls crap. Literally, basically <laughs> said that. What do you make of these absolute <laughs> panic responses? It's hilarious, right? You're bashing your own product for putting out a number that you don't like. In this case, the Washington Post and ABC News did that. And is it so unbelievable to think that Donald Trump could be leading Joe Biden when you look at Joe Biden on the economy and three and four people think that it's bad? They think that crime in this country is out of control. They think the border is out of control. They think that education can be better. They think that foreign policy is not going in the right direction and the country in general. Is it really that unbelievable? Unbelievable that Joe Biden is polling so poorly against Donald Trump, given his performance and given yeah. his record. Well, Ashley, our voter panel didn't seem to think that earlier. Joe Concha, got to leave it there. Thank you. I'm Steve Ducey. I'm Brian Kilmeade. And I'm Ainsley Earhart. And click here to subscribe to the Fox News. All right, so we'll shut that off there. So, yeah, just imagine years later she's talking about how the Russians stole her election, but Donald Trump can get arrested for for saying that he thinks that the that the elections were, were rigged. That's when you know the elections were rigged, is when they have to arrest people for believing it. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy she's still talking about that. She's just never going to let it go. Well, no, and she doesn't have to. But, I mean, I don't care if she does or not. I just... I don't want to see Trump getting arrested for it, but her not. That's all. She's allowed to believe what she wants to believe. Yeah. I think she just thinks that she's kind of entitled to being president. It's just interesting. Yeah, some of those people think that. They, they really think that people like them like that. Yeah, delusional. Let's see. What else do we have here today? Let's see. Uh, 
Have you been following the Russell Brand issue? Is that the singer? Russell Brand? Uh, then no, I don't think I don't think that I have honestly no. So Russell Brand was the guy that the British comedian that was married at one point to Katy Perry. That is, uh, he's a liberal, but he also uh, exposes truth. So he he has like a, a following on YouTube of almost seven million people. And he's been talking uh, a lot of stuff against forced gene therapies and pro-freedom. And, uh, and so uh, because he came out against Pfizer, now all of a sudden they, they found several women who almost 20 years ago uh, said that he uh, raped them or, or had sexual misconduct with them. Because that, that's how it works. If you're against the government narrative and they can't arrest you, then they have to defame you. So everybody sees it. They know it. Um, Bill Cosby was the test subject for that. And I'm not a Bill Cosby fan. But you can't have all these women 30 years after you did something all of a sudden come out and you've never had an arrest. And... It's just weird. There's a statute of limitations for a reason. But uh, anyway, so the UK, um, the government has gone to all these social medias asking if they still allow Russell Brand on their platform. And if so, why are you letting him make money? (laughs) So YouTube has deplatformed him. Well, they'll let him post videos, but he's no longer allowed to make money there. Every other social media has done the same. Either they banned him or they just took his money away. Rumble said no, and and Twitter said no. Everybody else has has complied with what the president has demanded. And he's not even, there's no current, there's no current court cases. There's no one really coming out speaking up against him. It's just uh, we have several anonymous women that said that he raped them between 16 and 21 years ago. So please deplatform him. Oh, okay. So uh, J.P. Sears is talking about it here. Good evening and welcome to We Lie To You News. Tonight we'll definitely be telling you the truth about exciting updates from the Russell Brand situation as we are thoroughly dedicated to protecting society from dangerous pro-freedom voices. We'll also tell you about a shocking revelation in the case. But first, we must establish the truth. Our takedown of Russell Brand is in no way politically motivated. Trust us. Russell Brand has amassed over 6 million YouTube subscribers and has over 1 billion views on his channel, along with a large presence on Rumble. And given that many people pay attention to his influence as he routinely speaks out about the war in Ukraine, drug companies, shenanigans, and government corruption, he is therefore a racist that must be shut down and silenced. 
As we in the media have generated sexual assault allegations against the pro-freedom extremists that are from 10 to 17 years ago and therefore are super valid, there is no doubt that he's guilty of what we say he's guilty of. And you can trust us because we in the media have never been wrong about anything. Rudy basically functioning as a Russian asset by pushing Russian disinformation. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. The typical process in a civil democratic society is for a person to be considered and treated as innocent until proven guilty. But the thought police operate with a different criteria guilty until you're completely silenced. That helps maintain law and order, eliminates threats against our narrative and agenda, and teaches you what will happen to you if you fall out of line. Because we in the media have accused Russell Brand of being guilty, YouTube has demonetized his channel in an effort to take away his livelihood, which is very unprecedented for YouTube to take steps to silence a pro-freedom voice. Who would have thought? And we repeat, this is in no way politically motivated. YouTube is simply standing on principle. They're simply out to do good and therefore are taking steps to silence someone who has not been found guilty of sex crimes. And if you need evidence that YouTube demonetizing Russell Brand is in no way politically motivated, just consider that YouTube still allows R. Kelly's channel to be monetized. R. Kelly, who has been found guilty in a court of law for multiple sex crimes, some even involving children, has objectively done worse things than what Russell Brand has been accused of. Yet he's not considered political opposition, so he should be viewed as safe and therefore should still be monetized, according to YouTube. It's also worth noting that YouTube still runs ads on Russell Brand's channel so they can make money off of him, which further solidifies how YouTube is just standing on principle rather than trying to take away someone's livelihood for politically motivated reasons. And there's a shocking new revelation in the Russell Brand case. UK's government has gotten involved in trying to silence and take away the livelihood of someone whose views and voice run counter to much of their narrative. You heard that right. A government is actively involved in a very unpolitical persecution of a citizen who has not been convicted of a crime. How so? UK's parliament has sent letters to both TikTok and Rumble, urging them to demonetize Russell Brand just like YouTube has. Given that TikTok is pro-communist, we expect them to fall in line, as they should. But Rumble which is unfortunately pro-freedom and pro-free speech, responded to UK's parliament by telling them to effectively piss off. In a statement released by Rumble's CEO, he called the letter they received from the UK parliament extremely disturbing. He concluded his statement by saying, although it may be politically or socially easier for Rumble to join a cancel culture mob, Doing so would be a violation of our company's values and mission. We emphatically reject UK Parliament's demands. Just like how we all greatly admire citizens in Germany during the 1930s who turned in their neighbors instead of egregiously standing on their principles. And as previously stated, democratic societies have what's called due process where you're presumed innocent until proven guilty. 
Totalitarian societies do it differently, where you're assumed guilty as soon as the regime says you're guilty, and you're punished accordingly. On the topic, the Timcast Show recently shared some heartwarming perspectives and parallels with what's going on with the non-political persecution like Russell Brand's present day, and communist dictator Mao, who is estimated to have killed up to 80 million people. Take a look. We are in a Maoist cultural revolution in the United States right now. These are the things that were done in Maoist China in order for the Communist Party to gain control. They use the Red Guard to intimidate people, to accuse people of all sorts of different in, uh, improprieties and stuff. This is what's going on. It's obviously it's not going to look exactly the same as in China you know, 70 or 60 years ago, but a lot of the same tactics are being used, of the same shaming, the same trying to ostracize people, kick them out of polite society, kick them, uh, take their ability to, to provide for their families and stuff. All of that stuff is happening right now. He said that like it's a bad thing. Moving along. In the good old days of 2020, when we wanted to character assassinate our political opposition, all we had to do is label them as a racist. But unfortunately, people caught on to the boy who cried racist. So we've upgraded our strategies from labeling them a racist to now labeling them a racist. Think founder of Operation Underground Railroad, Tim Ballard, for example. A man who has dedicated his life and risked his life in the name of saving children from sex trafficking. And after Mitt Romney recently announced that he won't be seeking re-election for his Senate seat, Tim Ballard announced that he's considering running for the Senate seat. And immediately thereafter, we in the media published sexual misconduct allegations against Ballard. Racist just doesn't do it anymore. Along with the same highly publicized and highly coordinated media accusations against Russell Brand and Tim Ballard, we've also used the same accusations against President Trump, Rudy Giuliani, Julian Assange, and Supreme Court Justices Brett Kavanaugh and Clarence Thomas. No political motivation whatsoever. We just do our best to ruin the lives and reputations of the people that we accuse of doing heinous sexual crimes. This Justin! President Biden was also accused of Oh yeah, well, because our character assassinations are in no way politically motivated, in response to the accusations against Biden, we took them very seriously, so we then helped him get elected as president. This Justin! And even though Biden has these allegations from an alleged victim who is not anonymous, unlike the alleged victims of Russell Brand, YouTube still allows videos of Biden to be monetized on the White House's channel. Funny how that works. Accusing pro-freedom individuals of sexual assault while excusing pro-establishment individuals is a very devastating play out of our playbook. It's one of the worst crimes that one can commit, which damages the reputation of the accused even if they're not found guilty. It's really the best we've got. We're proud of it. It works better than if we said Russell Brand committed murder. Because with murder, you inconveniently can't just have an anonymous dead person accuse him of murdering them. You need actual evidence for the public to be convinced. Like you need a body. And even though the Clintons have quite the count, they really don't have enough supply to meet the demand for all the people we need to silence. 
that's it for tonight's news. Our very coordinated effort to take down Russell Brand is rolling along. No criminal investigation is necessary, no trial is necessary, and no evidence is necessary. Us accusing him in a highly coordinated way is really all the evidence that you need. We really hate to silence a strong voice that calls out the lies, hypocrisy, and corruption in our agenda and narrative, but we're willing to make that sacrifice in this case. And if you question what we're accusing Brand of doing, then let me remind you, you need to believe all women. You and I were there, Joe Biden. Please step forward and be held accountable. Except that woman. Definitely don't believe her. Good night. When it comes to EMFs, you have... All right, so now do you understand uh, about the Russell Brand anymore? Yeah, I didn't know that he dated Katy Perry or was with Katy Perry at some point. So you have anything else you want to go over tonight? I don't have anything else really. Um Yeah, I don't really have anything else. All right, so uh, I'll go ahead and we don't, we got just a few minutes left here. I'll go ahead and leave a few minutes early. Okay, are you heading out now? Yeah, that's fine. We're if we uh, if we're we're not going to have enough time to really go into another clip or get into another discussion and you don't have anything so i'll go ahead and hold for tomorrow all right all right well thank you for being here adrian we'll we'll do it again yeah, next absolutely. week all yeah, right absolutely. everyone else Hopefully we'll have a guest i'll speaker. be back tomorrow so please support the other shows on the network it's not just the proof negative show here but until tomorrow hold on to the handrail keep hope alive remember only you can prevent forest fires I am proof negative, and I am oot. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.